Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 140 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with Ross. <laughs> Hello, Dave. How are you? All right. How are you? Very good. Happy uh, non-denominative holiday to you. <laughs> yes. Happy non- non-denominative holiday to you too. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, this will be our last show before we break for Christmas. So, uh, so yes. Drink it all in. <laughs> but responsibly (laughs) but yes but responsibly drinking Ollie yes but this will be the uh, the the last show before we go off for a couple of weeks Uh, I'm not entirely sure what date we're back yet but uh, it will be it's usually two weeks we're off it's either going to be the second or I imagine people might be stressing about work at that point so it might be the ninth (laughs) so uh, we'll see we may also have a new co-host at some point in the the January as well which will be cool so uh, I've been talking to somebody about joining the show so that would be cool so what have you been up to the last few weeks uh well actually dave since our last conversation which is a couple of weeks ago during the awards yes uh, um i've been watching the punisher actually oh good Uh, a couple of things i picked up because of that possible or because of a time we've talked about it before yeah um i know we've got some punisher related news later on but yeah we're halfway through the first season and it's really really good yeah it's I yeah. thought it might be good compared to the others, but like it's run away really, really good. Yeah, it, it doesn't suffer at all from not really being connected to the other shows. I mean, there's a couple of characters in there, but it, it doesn't have any any like guest spots from any of the other heroes. And I think it works like that. I think that would be distracting, you know. Yeah, if it was a different show, it would it, it, it'd be nice to have a Punisher where it's like, oh, he he's, he's dealing with Luke Cage or like Jessica Jones pops in and out. But I think that would change what it is like yeah. at its heart because they do they go to a lot of quite dark places, and I like that that's on its uh, its own thing. Yeah, it's very much a standalone series, and it's not really about the becoming the hero thing. It's a lot yeah. of you know because he's an anti-hero. It's about the sort of PTSD, his motivations behind doing what he's doing. It, it's a really solid show, though. I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. It's a really, really solid show. Yeah. Uh, there, what else? I've also been watching uh, Godless, which I think we talked about two, two times ago, so I guess about a month ago now, Yeah. Um, which is with uh, Jeff Daniels uh, and a, you know, a few other people. I think it's got the lad who played Cook in Skins. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's great. The, the little boy from Love Actually, who's not a little boy anymore. <laughs> um, you, know who's, you know who's in that, actually? I don't know if this this is news later, but in 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 the new year, um, I think it's uh, January 18th. Grace and Frankie comes back, yes. and uh, 
Frankie's husband is a guy named Saul. I don't know the actor's name, but he's in Godless. And I don't know if you've seen Grace and Frankie, but um, they're quite uh, soft. You know, yeah. they're like, I'm not naturalists. Is naturalists the naked people? Uh, yeah, they're naturists, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and sort of like, you know, they're quite um, gentle and, and sort of vegetarian yeah. people that kind of thing yeah but in godless he's like it's weird to see him and first of all he's got a massive mustache which is fantastic um but also he's a different character in a lot of ways and uh, it's really good godless i'm uh i think it's only seven or eight and i'm about three or four in but they, they vary some of them are 50 minutes some of them are 120 they're quite you know they come in and out but yeah it's really really good definitely recommend it yeah it's uh sam waterston is the actor correct sam waterston yeah he's really good um, uh, everyone in it i think is really good yeah who was in the newsroom with jeff daniels he's an incredible oh, actor uh, yeah the newsroom if you haven't seen it is a phenomenal series well there you go so yeah, uh, jeff daniels is fantastic as well the, the whole cast and you know and he's already it's gone to very interesting places about because obviously it's, it's like a, a western uh, which i mean I'm, I'm on board with from the start but also it, it's got some issues of like race and gender and age and you know, all sorts of different things popping up. It's really good. It's really if if you if you miss the westerny bits of Westworld, then <laughs> uh, definitely for you. And if you're like itching for that Red Dead Redemption fix, yeah, it's a great TV show. I will have to go and check that out because I really like uh, Jeff Daniels a lot, and I think Sam Waterston's an amazing actor. So I, yeah, that's that's one that I will go and uh, look at. I just haven't had time to catch up with it yet. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. like 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 we we say every time I'm on this show, it's on Netflix. It's not going anywhere. But exactly. check it out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, the other thing we've been watching is we caught the first episode of The Ranch. The Ranch came back, uh, I think, last week, possibly last Friday. Right, um, yeah. The Ranch is really good. They've had a bit of controversy re- recently with. Um, yes. One of them got caught up in the whole uh, sex scandal thing. Yeah, it's uh, such, a, such an odd thing for a, a company to have to deal with because yeah. I think they I pretty much sacked him on the spot. But because this season, this was like Wednesday and the season was going out on Friday. So he won't be in the next one, but he is in this one. Yeah. Um, you know, it's quite an interesting thing to watch because we know watching it, he's not going to be in it anymore. So yeah. anything that happens of any consequence to that character is going to, oh, maybe they'll recast. I don't think they're going to recast. No, but, I, think, I think from a headline I saw, I didn't actually read the story, but from a headline I saw, it sounds like the series ends at a point where there is a convenient way to write him out. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be interesting to see. But also, I mean, it's just a great show in general. Yeah. Mind really you, it's, it's not as difficult as Netflix has had with its other show that has a problem with a, a sex scandal, <laughs> which was uh, House of Cards. Oh, yes. Yeah, of you course. Know, where yeah, where yeah. you have your lead actor that, that you've <laughs> got to get rid of somehow. So yeah, uh, that, that, that's going to... Uh, Got some problems. Yes, that's just it was just unfortunate that they've both ended up being on the, those two particular. And it's not only Netflix shows, let's be honest. But uh, yeah, there's a. I've just uh, just realised having this conversation that all we've watched is, is Netflix shows. Those are three Netflix. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, the other thing uh, we're going to see Star Wars tomorrow, so don't tell me anything. Yes, well, we are going to have to talk a little bit about Star Wars because I saw it last week. Although, if you do want to catch up with a proper spoiler-filled review of Star Wars, me, Matt, and Sophie, I think, if if she's not working, will uh, be doing a full Star Wars Last Jedi podcast later on in this week. So when that goes up on Entertainment Talk, I'll cross post it to Geek Town and you will get a review of what we thought. So uh, that should be good if you uh, want to hear my full opinion on it. But uh, have you got anything else or should we launch? Uh, no, no, that's it. That's it. Um, just a quick, give me a quick good or bad on Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars, I absolutely loved. Um, 
I the I think the thing I I tweeted said uh, it was brilliant, it's uh, fantastic, and it's quite game changing in what they do with the various characters. I think. yeah, this is what what I heard was that um, people didn't like the last one because it was too much like the ones before it and people don't like this one because it's quite different from the ones before it I, I so, yeah what are you gonna do <laughs> interestingly story beat wise I would say there is a lot this does have in common with Empire actually in oh, terms okay. in terms of of the beats of the story the overall uh, overall kind of arc of of where they go and where they end up I've tried to do this without spoiling <laughs> anything um, so yeah I, I would say there is there are elements of Empire in there but what Ryan Johnson does with it is is twist it in quite a different way, particularly with things to do with the Force and that sort of thing. So mm. there are, there are a lot of of interesting little bits. It's not one hundred percent perfect. I mean, there are there are certain elements which if you actually think sit down and think about it you think well that bit of story was basically irrelevant but it's put together so well and mark hamill particularly is i think brilliant in in this episode i think carrie fisher is amazing in this version as well i it's a wonderful love letter to her as well i think this they've treated her character really well so the whole thing yeah go and see it if you if you haven't seen last year it's it's not i mean yeah we always make the joke with the geek town awards which you can still go and enter by the way uh, geektown.co.uk forward slash awards but uh, yeah the thing with the geektown awards is the movie category we always say best movie of the year except star wars presuming that everybody is going to pick star wars if we put it in but uh, in this particular case I-, I think this would have won hands down had we let it into the category because right. i i think it for me it, it's one of the best movies of the year definitely i feel but i mean ryan johnson's got it all right because he's got three more he can do what he wants with this yeah. one whereas jj abrams has got to come back for one which and you know if he yeah. didn't like the last jedi what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah i mean that it's gonna be interesting to see them go back to jj after ryan's mm. film considering where things go with ryan's movie i yeah that's gonna be an interesting shift in direction when they come back to jj i, I don't know that i've I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with that. Um, I I have a lot of faith in JJ. He's a good director. And I mean, all the criticism that they had of the last movie, that it was too much like the original. I I get entirely why they set it up like that because it isn't, they're introducing new characters. It needed to have that feel to it. I think Mm. it needed to feel safe and like a kind of cuddly warm blanket to, (laughs) to those of us who are old enough to remember the original trilogy when they came out and it need to inspire new people. So I, I, think and i think it did both those i think it was a solid yeah. start i think the last jedi is probably the better movie but and as i say i don't think it's perfect either but really really solid film Great. really good so yes to be interested to hear your sort of thoughts when you're back from it tomorrow <laughs> so uh yeah other stuff this week though the orville moving from sort of star wars to star trek like um, uh, the the oval if you've not caught it i i absolutely love the first episode of that uh, you may have heard a lot of people talk about the oval being very much like sort of star trek next generation but with more laughs and that's basically what it is it's from seth mcfarlane he's toned down quite a lot of his humor it's not as ridiculous as it is in something like family guy or even a million ways to die in the west or even ted the humor is still in there 
but it's not as ridiculous as it is in some of his other shows. He's pulled it back quite a lot. And it works. It really, really works, I think. And uh, I'm told it only gets better as it goes on. But it's sort of serious-ish in places. There's some lovely bits of dialogue going back back and forth between the characters. The basic premise of him taking over this ship and getting this command and then his ex-wife ending up being the first officer and the relationship between them, I think, works really, really well. And I did wonder whether that was going to get to be kind of annoying, but I think it, yeah. it works. He's figured out a way of making that work without it seem overly ridiculous. A really solid show. I can see why people took to it. I don't know why the critics really laid into it, because I thought it was really well done. So, uh, yeah, The Orville would be definitely be a recommendation if you like sort of sci-fi shows. It's not as stupid a sci-fi comedy as you would expect from Seth MacFarlane. It's far cleverer than that, I think, or far far more restrained than Seth MacFarlane's other work. So if you weren't a fan of Family Guy and that sort of stuff, but you are of sci-fi, and particularly if you were of the original, of the um, Next Generation Star Trek, go and check it out because I think it's it's really entertaining, really fun. So other than that, uh, new shows, Few Betty and Joan started on BBC Two, which is the latest anthology series from Ryan Murphy. Uh, it's been kicking around in the US for quite a while, but it's finally made its way onto BBC Two. Really high quality, well-written drama about the these two actresses who are sort of in the twilight of their career who are brought back to do a very famous movie called What I'm Happened to Baby Jane. And it's about the feud that that kicks off between the pair of them. And uh, really solid performances from from both the leads. Thoroughly enjoyable. It's lovely to see kind of the old Hollywood stuff up on screen. You know how much I like that sort yeah. of thing anyway. So, uh, I yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. That's one worth going to check out if you want a nice sort of solid drama. And uh, then we've had mid-season finales all over the place. So uh, hmm. all the DC shows finished, which I think did a reasonable job of ending in interesting places with pretty much all of them. I don't know, are you up to date with those at the moment? No, no. So, uh, yeah, all of them seem to, to end with a certain amount of change coming to the cast. You oh, ended up good. with uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Martin, who was uh, killed off last week and then you've got Jax he's the other half of Firestorm not really feeling like he fits on the ship anymore so he's now left the show which leaves a few spaces open for somebody new to come in or a couple of new people to come in now they've got a couple of seats to fill so they are going to have new people join the show certainly next year if not towards the end of, of this season we did get a brief glimpse of Constantine at the end of the uh, mid-season finale as well which was brilliant because Matt Ryan is amazing in that role <laughs> and it's so nice to see him back on screen and he was uh, and he just embodies that character so well yeah. so I'm looking forward to the episode he's I think he's only back for one episode at the moment but there has been talk of maybe him being one of the characters to fill that that slot on the uh, Wave Rider when that comes back full time Arrow seemed to end with everybody all over the place and uh, nobody getting along with each other <laughs> so the uh, all the sidekicks have basically walked out on him that's kind of interesting it's I don't know where they're going to go with that whether we're going to get another bunch of new characters in there there seem to be some some stories of Arsenal coming back as well maybe only for one episode in that show but I, I would be nice to see Colton Hayes back on that show again he's another possibility for somebody that, they, that could possibly move over into Legends as well or Thea 
possibly. So we have I guess to- that's the thing about having a wider universe is that you can move. Like, uh, for example, if Marvel wanted someone else in the Guardians of the Galaxy for a little bit, they could just do that. That's fine. Yeah, and I mean, and they they are doing that. I mean, next Guardians of the Galaxy does seem to have a slightly different lineup as well. So yeah, they yeah. are they are doing that. Yeah, with Legends, all they've actually said is there is an established DC. Um, oh, there you go. TV character coming in, but they won't say who, obviously. It's Superman. So, uh, well, I mean, yeah, unlikely, but yeah, I mean, the <laughs> Superman is established in this uh, world, so uh, you could have Superman coming on as a regular gig, but I think that sort of made the rest of the team slightly redundant, if you're yeah. putting Superman in. So, uh, Just so in there. <laughs> and then the other big season finale, of course, was Walking Dead finished for its mid-season, which, again, over on Entertainment Talk, we did a, a sort of dissection of, of that final episode there is a certain character who is uh he's going to be leaving when it when the first season you know comes back for its second half of the season we talk quite a lot about that including how he left as well which uh apparently was behind the scenes was was not as amicable as it may have seemed so uh they would appear that that particular character has a quite a long arc in the comic book so it was a huge surprise to have him disappear so early and i think it was rather a large surprise to the actor as well (laughs) so um yeah there's and there's petitions going up for uh, Scott Gimble, who is the showrunner, to be fired and all sorts Ooh. of things. So uh, yes, it's not gone down massively well with fans, but we'll we'll see where that plays out. But I mean, I as a not knowing all that, watching it, I'm quite glad I didn't know that. Watching it, I thought they actually did a very good job, and uh, certainly that character's acting in that the sort of final episode I thought was superb. So um, yeah, it really really solid way to leave and uh, he's going on to bigger and better things I hope uh, he's certainly doing other acting gigs so uh, he'll be fine <laughs> so uh, so yes it's, it's been kind of interesting as things come to a close and mid-season finales all over the place as we break up for Christmas so uh, <laughs> unless you've got anything else new for this week we'll move on to some oh. TV and film news <laughs> TV and film news this week. We have uh, air date updates first, and um, some uh, quite a lot of stuff being renewed and uh, picked up and stuff. Considering it's the end of the year, <laughs> Larry David's coming back for a tenth season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I know lots of people were very happy about. I I never really saw Curb when it was first out, but I've watched a couple of episodes of the new season. It is very funny. I watched the first one, um, the first episode, and I, I didn't really, um, I wasn't into it. Maybe I've got to watch the more recent ones because it's been going a long time, right? Yeah, it has. I mean, well, yes, tenth season, so <laughs> yeah. about full. So um, yeah, I had a sort of six, seven year break in the middle, but. Uh, yeah so even longer yeah so the ninth season which has been running on sky atlantic at the moment we did wonder whether that would be a kind of swan song but it looks like he's decided that he liked it and he's coming back for a tenth as well (laughs) now so so that's good it's that sort of ricky gervais the office kind of humor they're very similar types of humor so if you like the office kirby kirby's definitely one that you would go for another show that's coming back vic and bob's big night out apparently is returning uh, big for, this day. yeah uh returning for a christmas special on the 29th of december on bbc2 but he's also returning for a four episode like mini new series on bbc4 later next year as well oh. that apparently celebrates 25 years at the bbc great yes you are that old if yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big fan of vic and bob's so I'm quite glad to see those back on screen. Mr. Robot renewed for a fourth season, which I think was fairly inevitable. 
so uh, I'm really glad to see that back. Three, season three has been really good. Netflix have renewed the fr- Frontier for a third season. That's Jason Momoa's show about the American fur trade. I b- believe it. It's uh, based on. It's only quite short. They're only like six episodes each oh. season. So uh, it's one that I keep on meaning to go back and catch up on because Jason Momoa's great actor so uh, we'll see but that's back for a third season the punisher's been picked up for a second season which i think was inevitable just the <laughs> yeah. best news <laughs> yeah really really good solid news as we were talking about earlier it's a great show and so i i'm not surprised at all they've picked that up to to come back although it's probably going to be about 2019 before we actually see it given that they've got everything else to get through first oh. i think jessica jones is the next one to come up i've got time for the punisher dave i will wait no problem yeah we've got jessica jones luke cage and daredevil to come first i think and then there is going to be the punisher we've also got an iron fist season two as well and where that's going to fit in i think that's that's pretty good because um i think to put daredevil as far away from now as other defenders as possible because we weren't sort of sure i think at the end what was what's happened to him possibly yeah. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. So Whereas, I can't you know, Jessica Jones, I think, is the the second one that people really liked after Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think that's smart. So uh, I'm looking forward to Jessica Jones coming back though because I really like the first season of that. So mm. uh, so that's good. Uh, Lethal Weapon. For those of you that are fans of that show, season two of that is got its UK premiere date on ITV on Friday the 12th of January at 9 p.m. Uh, I saw. I've seen a few episodes of this and it's one i really want to go back and watch because it was very funny <laughs> and i've got them all stored on my skybox and it's just other things have got in the way and i haven't got back to watching the rest of the first season but it seems to be very popular with people that show okay oh, so if you're turned off by the idea that it's a tv make of a film don't be because a lot of people are saying it's actually been better than some of the later movies so um so yes i i would go and watch that again i just haven't quite caught up with it yet but uh, i need to go back and watch it i i did really enjoy that show then superstore which is america ferreira's show it seems to be a kind of americanized version of trolled as far as i can tell the sky oh. show so it's basically a show about a you know, group of people set in a supermarket so that's coming to itv2 on the 2nd of january at 8 30 could be one to watch out for and the, the news that we're all been waiting for black <laughs> lightning season one has been picked up by netflix that's on the 23rd of January they're going to be airing that it's going to be a pain if they wrap that into the rest of the DC shows because at the moment it's standalone yes but right it's it is made by the Blanty team and the same people that make the other DC shows so if they end up wrapping that in as well I mean at least it will be airing over here so that if there is a crossover episode you are going to need Sky and Netflix unfortunately <laughs> to be able yeah. to get all the crossover I don't know whether they are going to do that or not but we'll we'll see at the moment for the first season they've definitely said it will be a separate show so who knows we'll just have to wait and see that's all the air date updates for this week moving on to the bigger news stories and this was a massive news story which i'm sure most of you caught disney has put in a bid to buy fox which is is a huge huge deal really just in case you're wondering what they've actually bought it cost 39 billion apparently um what they've basically bought is all the fun bits of, of Fox <laughs> and all the news channel and the business network and all that sort of stuff Fox are keeping hold of so they can still spew their rubbish to the American say, audience. The, the stuff with the bad uh, the bad press about it, they're keeping that, they're looking yeah. after that. 
Yeah, the good stuff. <laughs> so I mean, basically, he's going back to being a pusher of rubbish news channels, yeah. and you know, so uh, Rupert Murdoch's keeping all that stuff, and then all the fun stuff like 20th Century Fox, the television studios, the cable networks, which is FX and National Geographic. All that stuff will be going over to Disney. Bear in mind, this does have to be approved by the US government or some government committee. But given that Trump's in the White House at the moment, I, I can't see how this won't go through. Yeah. You know, There's um, going to be some comic fans who want a good Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Just, just like, yeah, just do it. Let's do it. Come on. Well, that, <laughs> that is the point. The major thing for us geek fans is that how it affects the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. The main thing being that it allows the X Men and Deadpool and Fantastic Four all to be mixed in to the MCU. And so, uh, of course, The Simpsons, Dave, we could get a Simpsons Avengers <laughs> crossover. Yeah, well, I mean, that's going to be quite interesting to see. I mean, there was a few people posting that The Simpsons predicted this about 20. 10 years ago because uh, as the Simpsons predicts everything but uh, yeah so uh, but it means that they've got that it also means that they have the distribution rights to the original Star Wars trilogy which they didn't have previously so that was always a problem if they wanted to do massive box sets because technically the distribution rights to the first, the initial original trilogy, that all sat with Fox still. So it means that they, they you could get some interesting, huge, like nine disc box sets of all th- you know, three trilogies once the third one's done. I've, I've always liked that, like I, I'm not the kind of person who buys those, but I really like that they exist. And I like the idea that someone buys them and has these massive DVD collections. I think yeah. it's a really good thing. I mean, I don't buy DVDs anywhere and blu-rays anywhere near as much as i used to but the times when i do buy them it was like things like lord of the rings and the hobbit that have that have like these huge i mean there was something like six hours of extras on the lord of the rings each of the lord of the rings special edition box sets which had like daily diaries and going behind the scenes stuff and there's some incredible detail in those films so uh they're, they're really interesting i'd be very interested for them to produce like a full star wars one they've done kind of quite complex star wars ones before but a set of all nine of them would be amazing so uh, mm. that would be really good also means that avatar is now a uh, disney film as well right so all the avatar films assuming they end up doing the much mooted second third fourth avatar films that they've been talking about doing so uh, that will go across and as you said fantastic four as well it means disney actually get a chance to do that right for once do you, do you think that that someone like since since avengers one do you think they've had this thing where they're like if tomorrow we get the fantastic four we've got a story ready to go for the next for, for five years time or whatever do you think at every point they're like if it happened, how could we work that in at well, every point? That's going to be interesting because how they introduce the X-Men, whether they're the same actors, whether yeah. they're different actors. I There's mean, a movie coming out this year, isn't there? Next, next year, 2018? Yeah, yeah, there's supposed to be a new X-Men movie coming out. I'm assuming they've jotted already. So there's that coming out. There've been various kind of spin-off things supposed to be happening and we don't know whether that's going to continue or whether got TV programs as well, Legion, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing of course, yeah, because Legion and the Gifted which are mm-hmm. technically tied in, whether they're going to end up getting folded in as well. I don't know. Um and it's how you, you how you explain the absence of the X-Men in the MCU up until scenario, this point. Yeah. yeah. That was the thing I, I read about Deadpool is that they the 
you know, obviously Disney don't make that sort of movie. Mm. Um, but but they, were, I, I think they sounded pretty open to going that way eventually. Well, so I, I, don't know, I don't know what that means. For um, I think with Deadpool will be fine. Uh, Deadpool will carry on being Deadpool. They've actually, mm. I think, I'm sure I read somewhere that they are perfectly happy with sticking an R rating on it and carrying on oh, great. with with that being that. Because I think Deadpool sort of has to be R rated. Whether it would go out under a Fox brand rather than a Disney brand. Yeah. You know, my, my guess is they will work out some way to have a, a more adult branded area where they can shove a lot of this stuff. So yeah. it may be that they keep the Fox brand for that. And then, you know, other stuff like X-Men, you could fold into the back into the main Marvel universe mm. uh, as well. That's the thing with Deadpool. That's going to be a tricky one because it sort of breaks the fourth wall. And I don't think, I think even if his individual movies are R-rated, I don't think there is a problem necessarily in introducing him into the wider MCU as a bit player character. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I don't think that's a problem. I think you could do that. So um, yeah, but it could have been that you know because Fox have had a good and bad with the Fantastic Four and you know the X Men movies. I think people have been have generally understood that it, they've been slowly going downhill. But yeah, I mean, I guess Phoenix is their last uh, their last one next year. But it could have been Logan, and that would have been a good one to go out on. I think. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. But I we'll mean, see. I mean, it, Phoenix might be great. My feeling is that once Phoenix is done, I suspect they may just scrap all the current X-Men and yeah. recast everybody. That would sort of make sense because so, yeah. they're going to want to introduce Logan because Logan's been part of the Avengers on and off. And Beast and Storm. Yeah, and Beast and Storm. So, you know, I... I think they characters like that, which have been crossovers. Yeah. I mean, much as I would adore having Hugh Jackman back. Oh. I, I mean, and you might be able to tempt him back, but he is getting on a bit at this point. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, he might be tempted to come back, but I think maybe he will. Um, they also uh, have the opportunity that I, I doubt they take, but they could just scrap all that and go with sort of new, like, like, new Wolverine because they've got a, a, I, I, you know, that's a my, young girl to be Wolverine that kind of thing well yeah I mean they could they could but I mean I I think given that it's now folding into the MCU the sensible thing might be to basically take it all and ignore all the Fox stuff and yeah. just recast everything yeah they could I mean I guess the question is how you work like you say how how, how do we say Oh yeah, by the way, this has been going on for like years now. <laughs> yeah, because none of the none of the history from the X-Men films, I mean, Christ, the history of the X-Men movies doesn't make sense in its own franchise. So <laughs> yeah. trying to muddle that into the MCU as well, could, I just I, wouldn't I, work. I don't know if you've read uh, all new X-Men, but basically uh the Scott goes a bit off the rails, so Beast goes uh brings the X-Men from when they first formed in the 60s or whatever forward in time and it's young scots around young jeans around young uh bobby jake yeah uh, and i think that's an interesting way of you know don't don't pretend they've been here or don't introduce them suddenly just get them from another dimension or yeah, from I somewhere mean, else bear in mind that we don't know what's going to happen at the end of, of the infinity war stuff so it's quite possible that there could be some monkeying around with the crystals <laughs> You know, maybe you, you know, some of the, presumably if the crystals survive the end of that film, then you do have crystals in there that can mess around with time and alter reality. And, you know, so there, there might be something in that that you could do with it. And, uh, 
I mean, the other possibility is that the X-Men have just been in hiding up until this point. Sure. And then you start again. You know, you you start off with them setting up the school and all that. So that may be a, a way of doing it. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting because the other thing, of course, is you've had two Quicksilvers as well because they killed one of them off in uh, uh, the Avengers. Yeah, of course. You've already and, then you've, yeah. and you've already got one still alive in X-Men. So you've got to resolve odd, little oddities like that as well. My feeling is that maybe they will start again with that, but I don't know. But I am looking forward to seeing the Fantastic Four actually yes. done right. I want to see the Fantastic Four as the Fantastic Four, not as some odd kind of reinvention with them all being children. And not to knock that movie, I quite enjoyed that movie. I know it got horribly slated, but as as a standalone thing, I actually quite enjoyed that. But I would also quite like to see them as they are in the comic books. Yeah. yeah, which is more what the MCU is about. So yeah, you want Incredibles the movie, really, don't you? Yeah, you do. You want a live action Incredibles. I mean, yeah. you know, as many people have said, we already have a great Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> it's called The Incredibles. So yeah, so I mean, that's all the MCU stuff. The other thing that this would allow is um, it would mean Disney would take the ownership share that Fox have in Sky. So I mean, Disney would own thirty nine percent of Sky, and oh. at the moment, Fox are bidding to take over the rest of Sky, which has been held up by the government because they don't really like the Murdoch family very much yeah. it's distinctly possible that they may allow that to go through and then when Disney take over Fox that means the whole of Sky will be owned by Disney oh man or the large percentage of it will be owned by Disney which is kind of interesting yeah so um yeah, I mean, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with that, but it would seem that because uh, it's Fox, you know, Disney are buying Fox, and it's Fox that are have the bid in at the moment to buy Sky. Now it's it's quite possible that uh, I think Disney have said if that doesn't go through, it wouldn't bother them. Mm. But it, if it does go through, they're obviously going to take it. So we'll see what happens with the rest of that. You know, it's quite possible that Disney could turn around and and just say no, we're just going to we you know not going to bother with the rest of the acquisition and leave it as yeah. it is. But then somebody else may want to come along and buy the buy those shares, and they're possibly not going to want that. So. Mm, I don't know. It's more likely to pass through if Disney are going to end up with the company because they, you know, they're rather more wholesome yeah. look than giving it to the uh, family that used to hack mobile phones or <laughs> phones. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with that, but uh, and plus there's less anti, there's less competitive problem because Disney obviously don't own newspapers in the UK like the Murdoch family do. Yeah. So uh, we'll see where that goes, but. Uh, yeah, interesting. As, as I say, it could take anything up to a year for this go, this to go through. It's got to get US government approval, although I suspect it probably will. There's going to be a lot of upset comic book fans if it doesn't. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, could be a very interesting future next year for uh, for the MCU if that all happens. I uh, I think that will be good. Moving on to the next story, we have Apple, who are getting into the original drama series game have uh, ordered something which sounded very interesting because it's from Ronald Dean Moore, who is the man behind some of Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams and Battlestar Galactica. And they've tempted him back to a new sci-fi drama, which we don't really know an awful lot about, other than it says the untitled series takes place in a world where the global space race never ended. So presumably that's sort of a slightly different version of current day. 
So mm. it will be set in 2017, but oh, we, more we'll, spaceships, more spaceships, and more futuristic, presumably. I, I quite like the idea of that because if it's a thing that has extrapolated technology and what technology advancements would have happened from the original space race in the 1960s, yeah, I love those sort of things. It was like with Minority Report. What they did with Minority Report was they actually looked at various technologies and said, "Could this be feasible? Could we get to this point?" Mm. rather than just going well we'll make it up and you know just because it looks cool so things like the self-driving cars and the way that sort of stuff worked and how people were living they looked into that as a as a kind of proper proper conceivable thing so it's that kind of odd near future that uh, and i I really like things like that and ronald d moore's great at that sort of stuff so uh, so yes they sound really interesting currently ronald d moore is the showrunner on uh, outlander which is a hugely popular sci-fi ish series i guess that's got time travel in it so i think that counts obviously developed battlestar galactica he worked on a lot of the star treks as well so you know knows his space stuff really well the uh, writers are people that previously wrote for fargo and were consulting producers on american crime story so the writers are incredibly strong it's matt walpert and ben nedivy apparently the two writers (laughs) I think that's how you pronounce his last name. So uh, they're the two writers on it. This sounds like it could be really interesting. I think. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see where it lands in the in the where it lands. That's good, isn't it? Um, <laughs> in the spectrum of online, I guess digital yeah, own drama things. Apple are starting to throw money at their own original things. I'm not entirely sure because they don't have a subscription service. I don't think do they? So I don't think so. So I'm, I don't know whether they're just making you, these original series and you go on and buy them. Possibly. I was going to say because you can buy series. On uh, on iTunes, I guess is it still iTunes? I suppose it's yeah, still yeah, it's still iTunes. Although they, I mean, they do have a subscription music service, so maybe do, it's yeah. covered. Maybe it's covered under their Music Unlimited or whatever it is service that they have. Uh, I mean, I'm sat doing this on a Mac, but I don't really use iTunes for anything. So of course you don't. <laughs> um, so, you know, because I, I do everything through Google and Amazon and that sort of stuff. So uh, I don't know exactly how that's how they're they're service is going to work but they're also working on a reboot of amazing stories from steven spielberg's ambling television um there's some interesting people behind that as well spielberg was the person sort of behind the original amazing stories but he's sort of exec producing but hands off on this mm. one i think exec producer is brian fuller <laughs> we'll see whether he lasts on that series because he's he's been kicked off the last two shows that he did so uh, oh, man. so uh, yeah he was because he was he was kicked off star trek discovery and then he was kicked off uh, american gods so uh, hopefully yeah. he can keep hold of uh, amazing Good stories job. for more than one <laughs> seri- series but yeah so that that looks like it could be quite interesting and there's also a drama about a network morning show like a you know a good morning britain but america you know good morning mm. america type show that stars uh, <laughs> reese witherspoon and uh, jennifer aniston that sounds like it could be quite good fun as well so they've got a number of new original content coming in. Not huge amounts of shows, but, you know, they're dipping the toe in the water of it. But the, this is a sci-fi series, I think, could be quite interesting. Yeah. We'll see. And then last news story we've got. Netflix has picked up six new animated series, including a She-Ra reboot. Amazing. Um, All now, these look great. Now, are you too young for She-Ra? I am too officially too young for She-Ra. I, yeah. See, I mean, it's interesting because She-Ra, as far as I was aware, was a kind of spin-off of He-Man. And uh, you, you are—that's what I thought, but yeah, I didn't want to say and sound yeah. stupid. <laughs> no, that—that that, as far as I 
was aware that was I never really watched She-Ra because it was more kind of aimed at girls and boys but uh, He-Man was sort of the male character in that universe and She-Ra was the sort of female and I'm sure they used to work together and do crossovers and stuff very much the Arrowverse of its time yes <laughs> well there is a He-Man kind of universe so uh, yeah She-Ra was part of that classic kind of 80s animated series that was basically put together to sell plastic toys yeah. uh, i mean this was hugely popular when I, I, we posted it up online and the amount of people going oh my god this is brilliant so uh it's going to be another animated series again it's going to be they've said uh reworked for a modern audience is the idea yeah. so uh debuted in 1985 originally so it was a wow. very solidly 80s series celebrates female friendship and empowerment led by a warrior princess tailor made for today is what the press release says so uh, so uh yeah you know i think female gender positive kind of uh show for on netflix next year for aimed at kids animated series i think that could be really cool so uh so yes that's that's going to be kind of interesting yeah other shows they've they've got coming next year there's quite a few tie-ins there's a dreamworks troll the beat goes on or trolls the beat goes on so uh, that's starting on the 19th of january basically based off the movie that they did that uh had that annoyingly catchy song to it <laughs> but uh was it a pharrell song i think but uh they're uh doing a tv series which is based around that around the little troll character so uh, there's that coming that's 19th of january that's coming they've also got one based on the boss baby as well which is boss uh, baby's good movie yeah I, I, i've not seen it but uh, they've got one that's called the boss baby back in business which again is coming either next year or the year after they have going to date on that that's coming as well they've gone through the harvey street kids which is another animated series it says from the never-ending games of kickball to the infinite flavors of its ice cream truck to the greatest climbing tree in the universe every day on harvey street feels like a saturday that's largely thanks to the harvey girls audrey lotta and dot the block's self-appointed guardians and the world's bestest bffs so <laughs> excellent put them on the list dave we'll watch punish out then godless then we're gonna watch the harvester kids so uh yes that that could be uh another nice one uh that's coming in uh oh yeah 2018 so that was coming as well uh, another movie tie-in they've got the epic tales of captain underpants coming that's next year as well that's based on the captain underpants film and then uh third part of troll hunters and season three of trail hunters as well so uh, i've really been waiting for them to wrap that up there if they've been waiting to yeah that's the conclusion yes well that's the uh del toro series which has actually been really popular and uh, has done very very well for netflix that's uh, part two of season two of that is coming onto Netflix from the 15th of December or has already come onto Netflix, depending when you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, third and final series of that will come next year, but it's part of a larger universe. So they've got another show coming after it, which is called Three Below, which is the next chapter in the Tales of Arcadia trilogy series, which is uh, Del Toro's kind of um, thing. And apparently there's another show that comes after that called Wizards, which is set to W in 2019. Oh. So, um, so yes, there's that. That's kind of interesting. Certainly, if you're intri- in, into uh, troll hunters and that whole thing. And I watched a couple of episodes of the first season of that. It was actually quite good as a sort of animated show. You need to keep the troll hunters away from trolls, obviously. <laughs> Great, because <laughs> yeah. troll hunters with trolls, the beat goes on, would just end up in slaughter, and nobody wants like furry little kind of troll slaughter. That's not good hair for anybody. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little spiky or pink hair everywhere is not good so um 
Yes, that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have the interview. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The interview this week is with sound designer Julian Slater. Julian is a man of many titles. He's called a re-recording mixer, a sound designer, supervising sound editor. Basically, if there's anything other than composed music in film, it's Julian's responsibility for that movie. Uh, He's British-born but LA-based now. He's a sound guy that works on various brilliant projects over the years, including things like Shaun of the Dead, In Bruges, Hot Fuzz, The Danish Girl, Mad Max Fury Road, Scott Pilgrim versus the world he worked on tv shows like life on mars and ashes to Ashes and hotel babylon so uh, you may have noticed there's a number of edgar wright movies in there which mm. is uh, kind of how he got onto the uh, next movie which we talk mainly about in this interview all that experience comes in very handy when his longtime collaborator Edgar wright comes to him with the movie baby driver now if you've seen this film you will know that the film is about a getaway driver who gets involved in a house that goes wrong the unique part of the movie is contained in its use of sound the lead character suffers from tinnitus so he listens to music to drown it out which then has the idea of synchronizing large portions of the sound you hear in the film with the music right so if things like gunshots go off they are are synced to the beat of the music it's really interesting and works brilliantly well so it was a phenomenally complex task and making this work felt julian so we talk a lot about that we also talk about a little bit about jumanji the welcome to the jungle which is the uh, other film that he's currently been working on which is uh, i mean i imagine after doing something like baby driver anything's kind of fairly easy so uh, so uh, i'm sure he wouldn't would disagree with that and say it's always as complicated but i mean baby driver must have been i mean well you could hear him talk about the things that they had to go through to get the sounds together and syncing everything up in the uh, interview so here's the interview with julian hope you enjoyed this we'll see you afterwards with some highlights for the next few weeks on tv Hey, Julian. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thank you for coming on and uh, okay. sp- spending a bit of time to uh, to talk through your films and stuff. I think this is the first time we've actually had a sound designer or so- supervising sound editor on whatever title you happen to be going by this week. Right. <laughs> yeah, I have several, but yeah, sound, just sound person, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, sound guy. So can you just explain a little bit what your job actually entails? Yeah, of course. So I wear three hats. I wear sound designer, supervising sound editor, and re-recording mixer. And depending on the job, it's a mix. It's either just one of those. It's maybe just two. Quite often, it's all three. So as my role as a supervising sound editor, I'm the person who runs the team of other sound editors 
and it's kind of the conduit between the director and the sound editors to kind of, as a supervising sound editor, I always say my role is twofold. One, to do the job for the agreed price for the producers, unless there's a very good reason why we go over budget. Yeah. And it's also to give the director, at the very least, what he's envisioning for the sound for his movie or her movie. And I hopefully to then exceed those expectations and give them something more, something they hadn't thought of. So that's the supervising sound editor. The sound designer aspect is coming up with weird and wonderful sounds, Yeah, you know, which you can't necessarily just hold off from a library. Yeah, And then the recording mixer is obviously taking all the elements from the various sound editors and mixing them against the, well, it depends which role. Sometimes I'm I look after the effects. Sometimes I look after the dialogue. Sometimes I look after the music. So right. I, I switch around on the desk as well. So I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a Swiss Army knife with regards <laughs> to my roles on a movie. So, for example, as you've probably seen on Baby Driver, I was the sound designer, supervising sound editor, and re-recording mixer, which is a bit of a mouthful. But there's not really a there's yet to be a title that kind of encompasses all three of those without people getting confused and in fact people still and in fact people do get confused anyway they feel like well what what does a sound designer do that a supervising sound editor doesn't do or what, yeah. what what's re-recording mixer do that the sound designer doesn't do and so so yeah but those are my those are my three titles certainly on this movie <laughs> right yes so yeah short of just putting that sound dude on as your credits <laughs> yeah that's what my boys call me my, my i have a seven-year-old and nine-year-old and they just call me sound dude <laughs> there you go see yeah see that, yeah. That, that's a much shorter and easier to remember title <laughs> I, and i've been called much worse before so <laughs> i'm fine with it <laughs> so um yeah i mean you've worked across a lot of different films i mean i was just going through your imdb page and you've got like the danish girl mad max fury road uh world's end scott pilgrim version of the world hot fuzz i'm spotting a theme there uh in bruges yeah. <laughs> cuban fury yeah. You did some work on yeah. Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes, which were great, great series. Yeah. Spooks as well, Hotel Babylon. So, yeah, a fairly good mix of British and sort of big budget movies. Yeah. The main thing you've been on recently, of course, is Baby Driver, which uh, I actually watched quite recently in preparation for knowing I was coming on to talk to you. And it's a film I've been meaning to watch and just hadn't quite got around to it. So, uh, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed the film, but the sound design in that is insane. I mean, I'm assuming assuming the film came to you due to your previous connection with Edgar Wright. Yeah, I consider myself very lucky to be part of Edgar's kind of inner sanctum of people. He's he's a very loyal chap. So his two picture editors he's worked with for years, his DOP, his production designer, Naira, his producer. So things like Cuban Fury are through Na- and Attack the Block. They're through Naira, who is Edgar's producer. Right. Um, yeah. So Edgar's been talking about Baby Driver for quite some time. And I think it was a, g- a good couple of years ago that he st- we met up for breakfast and he spoke to me about it in detail and asked me a few things about how would you do certain things. But it, I know that he, I mean, he, he's he gone on on record and said that you know, the germ of it started 20 years ago before he even made Children of the Dead. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I certainly don't take it for granted that I'm working, you know, that I work with him. But, you know, I'm very lucky that, in fact, I was saying this to someone the other day, when you look at Edgar's body of work, which I've been lucky enough to work on all of it, I mean, you can just look at his, I, I figure like if you look at his first movie, Sean, and his most recent movie, 
Baby, though, those of and of itself are two movies that most directors don't make in their whole career. Yeah. You know, big things that are just com- completely genre busting and unique and original. So, you know, to have someone who, let alone you can throw in things like Scott Pilgrim and the other movies, I'm very <laughs> lucky that he considers me one of his confidants, if you, if, if you, for want of a better phrase. Yeah. 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 He comes to you with with Baby Driver. How do you approach a film like that? I scratch my head. <laughs> I, I remember I, I landed on a Sunday and turned up to work on the Monday, turned up to the cutting rooms. And at that point, for the first two or three weeks, it was just me. I didn't have any of my sound crew. Right. And it was only into like week five of his director's cut. So he didn't, he couldn't even show me the whole movie. He just showed me the first two reels. <laughs> And I remember just thinking, I mean, being blown away by it because of what it was, but also being kind of like, I I kind of was shaking. I was shaking a little bit, A, because I could see the potential of what it was with regards to sound, but then also trying to figure out how to do it. Because, I mean, obviously this has been, you know, Edgar has written this movie with the sound in this, you know, the whole sound and the syncopation in mind. And he wrote the movie with those music cues in mind. I mean, I think he said that he each scene he wrote with the specific music cue playing as he's doing it. Right. But there's also a lot of stuff that's obviously been done post the script. You know, there's a lot that's happening in camera. There's stuff when there, there are times when they're walking in time with the music and there are gunshots that are in time with the music. But for every one of those instances, there's another 10 instances of things that obviously have been kind of conceived afterwards. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening in syncopation with the music off screen. So, for example, that tequila scene, the main gunshots are happening in sync with the pictures. But then all the ricochets, for example, and all the bullets hitting all the metal objects around in the surrounds, that's all we've all figured out afterwards. Right. things, uh, the sound of the tonight at I'm See, I'm, I'm becoming American because I, I'm almost saying tinnitus as opposed to tinnitus. But <laughs> yeah. I, now, this is the first interview where I can say tinnitus without, yes. without good skill. Oh, it's so liberating. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, like figuring out the sound of the tinnitus, for example, because I don't know if you noticed, but it changes. It's not just always. Um, did you see it at home? You saw the movie at home, yes. I presume. Yeah. So we realized early on that the sound of the tinnitus, if you're going to have a high-pitched whistle played loud in a movie theater, you're just going to end up in the audience off. Yeah. It's just going to alienate them. So we had to figure out ways of conveying tinnitus without it necessarily being a high-pitched whistle. So things like that we kind of had to figure out how to do and basically just trying to figure out how to crack it. And, you know, every movie, there's a degree of that. You know, I, I'm certainly the way that I work, I try and make everything that I do it's kind of a bit of a, it's a double-edged sword and a bit of a cross that I bear. I, I want it to sound different and unique each time. So there's always a process of trying to figure out the problems and the conundrums and how to make the, you know, the, the thing that you're presented by the director, how to push that. Some of my best work is on the various Edgar movies because Edgar is a director who really appreciates and digs sound and, and really wants to kind of push the envelope of sound. But even for Edgar, this was like a movie of like, okay, this is really something that's going to be, you know, it's it's a sound orientated movie. So, yeah. you know, it was a question of sitting down for a good couple of weeks and fig- and figuring all that kind of stuff out. And, I, and it wasn't done in those first two weeks. It's a process of evolution. You know, we worked on this movie, which is something I don't think I I know no one who's done it before. And I certainly hadn't done it before. Normally we work in time code or feet and frames, which is an inch, you know, how, how, you know, but for this, we had to work in beats and bars because (laughs) which I'd never done before. There's a lot that's syncopated to the music. You don't necessarily pick up on. So for example, 
all those police sirens in all the car chases, they're all syncopated. <laughs> depending, and regardless of whether they're the whale siren, the sirens that kind of go, or yeah, the faster yeah. one, the Yelpers going, woo, 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 woo. That first sequence with the John Spencer Blues explosion, the bell bombs track, mm. all those sirens are tempo mapped to the music cue, <laughs> which means that that piece of music, which is very analog, it's not like a dance track, the tempo is wandering all over the place. It's going one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Yeah. So to try and edit that to to make it match that music track would just be be insane. So what you do, and this is a process that I had to learn how to do, you make each music cue have its own tempo map where you map out its tempo over the course of the song and then you apply that tempo map to that siren. (laughs) And then you get a siren that's matching the music track, but sometimes it sounds ridiculous because it's going too fast for reality. So what we had to do, again, something we figured out in the mix, you establish it, you have it in the mix when when it sounds realistic and it's in tempo with the music cue, and then you pull it out of the mix and you concentrate on something else when it's not working so well, and then you put it back in the mix when it is working. So... All those sounds throughout that whole sequence, all, all those sequences, they're all tempo mapped and pitched to work with the music <laughs> and featured in the mix when it sounds realistic and it doesn't sound like, oh my God, that doesn't sound like a police siren. Yeah. So again, it's stuff that I had certainly never worked that way before. And I was lucky to have the composer who's Stephen Price, who is a friend of mine. He used to be a music editor and in the last kind of five years has become a top Hollywood composer, mainly in large part because Edgar used him on uh, World's End. Right. I could go to his house and be in his studio and he could explain to me how you tempo map music, which is something I had no concept of before. So <laughs> I'd like to say that I approached it and kind of said, right, this is exactly how I'm going to do it. But it's, it doesn't work like that at all. It's kind of like a process of elimination and trying different sounds and seeing if they work to the music, but they don't sound very good for cinematically or and sometimes things work sound great cinematically but don't sound great musically so it it is always just a process of evolution i picked up on some of the bits of it i mean the uh, things like there's there's that sequence where he's walking down the road fairly early on and Mm -hmm. uh, i mean which is just beautifully done because you can you know he's passing things like you know actual musical instruments like buskers but then you know somebody might knock over something or you know a door shuts or and then all those bits are synced in i mean totally so as he walks into that coffee bar there are two workmen who walk past who are listening to a rap track on the radio that's syncopated to the music. <laughs> Their footsteps are in syncopated to the music. The guy who is on the phone texting is texting in sympathy yeah. with the music. And also his on his headphones are also in sympathy with the music. And then he walks through the door and the doorbell that's going ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. So, and then the, there are road drills. And so it's like a symphonic cacophony of sounds that work to the music. And I can bet you for, the, for every one that you've noticed, there's another 10 that you didn't notice, which is kind of by design because yeah. we, didn't want, we didn't want after 25 minutes the audience going, oh, all right, we get it. It's syncopated to music. This is now boring. Yeah. So we tried to be quite restrained in that regard. Certainly. I mean, I watched it last week. It never, because I, I, that was always a worry for me was, I was, is this going to get too much? And I don't think it does at any point in the film. Even if it is entirely syncopated all the way through, you don't notice it as much. There are bits when you do notice it a lot more, but there are there are definitely sections where you you aren't seeing it as much. So Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we pick our battles as well. I mean, 
I, you know, obviously the whole movie is not 100% syncopated with the music. Yeah. But, you know, it's even just things like, you know, there are times when he's outside the restaurant talking to Doc and the train that's going by over points, clack, 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 clack. Clack, 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 clack. That's in sync with the music. So, you know, there's two things that we wanted to do. We want to, obviously, there's this syncopation with the music, which is one aspect. And then mm. we wanted to kind of portray it all from baby's perspective. So the, he has this tinnitus, tinnitus, whatever, you know, tinnitus. Yeah. And whenever he's not listening to music, the reason he has to listen to music is he has tinnitus caused by this car crash. Yeah. So with the movie, whenever he's not listening to music either on his earbuds or it's not playing within the environment that he's in, say in the in the diner, the tinnitus sound is present and it's always there. And sometimes it's quieter than others. Sometimes it's really aggressive. And again, what we wanted to do is play it from his perspective. So the more stress baby gets throughout the movie, the louder that tinnitus gets. Mm. There's a moment when the post office and he's really stressed because he's trying to case out the joint and all the tinnitus is really loud whilst he's looking around. So we wanted to play because baby, the character is in every scene. It's not one of these movies where there'll be a scene where three people are talking about baby and baby's not there. He is pretty much what he is. He's in every scene. So we wanted to play it all through his perspective. So mm. in the cinema, when he's listening to the music, it's all around you. It encompasses you. It's behind you. It's on. T it's if you're listening in Atmos, it's above you. And when he, for example, yeah, and you may or may not have noticed this when you're watching it on your TV, but we play music full score, and then when he pops his earbud out and he starts talking to someone, but he's still got his left earbud in, the music is playing out of the left hand side of the screen. <laughs> For the entire yeah. scene, sometimes for the entire script scene. Wow. Yeah, so, no, I mean, I didn't pick up on that because my, my TV's not that sophisticated. Hey, get, get yourself a 5-1 system at home, man, now. <laughs> yes, I should do. <laughs> I, I, I I need to replace my, uh, my sound system. But yes, that's fascinating. I mean, what was the most challenging thing to get right on the film or what was the most challenging sound to find for the film the two things that either come to mind because I, I i have been asked this like someone asked me this yesterday certain ah. so, sound so that like i say it's not just a high-pitched ringing sound sometimes it's held strings in the score and quite often it's the same pitch as the incoming piece of music you're about to hear or it's the same pitch as the music that it comes out of so right. It varies in pitch as well. So that was one thing to try and figure out how to how to convey tinnitus and have it featured throughout the movie without it annoying the audience because you never want it to detract from the story. Yeah. And the other thing was, again, like I think I mentioned this before, trying to convey the sound to him when he's lost his hearing. Yeah. But yet you hear the words that are being spoken. So if that scene in the in the underground garage, he gets shot whilst all these police sirens are going off in the background because the police are approaching. Yeah. After that, they turn into tinnitus and then into a ringing sound. So there was loads of challenges, but I mean, those two in particular were ones that we kept going round and going round and going round. And and like I say, it's it's never just kind of well, here's the problem. Oh look, we found a solution. It's like here's a problem. Here, well, we think we found a solution, and then we play it, and then we sit on it for a couple of weeks, and then yeah, that's not quite right. So it's a constant kind of going over and picking over the scabs of things that you're never that you're not happy with, and hopefully by the time you finished it, you stand back and you say, okay, it's cracked. Yeah. Which on this movie, which very rarely I do, but on this movie I did. <laughs> So one of the other things for, for Baby Driver was getting the sound of the cars as well. Mm -hmm. What did you do to do that? Because obviously there's quite a lot of cars in the film because he's a getaway driver. So Yeah, well, the easy cliche answer, which is 
true is that we got all the cars on a racetrack and recorded them. Right. So we did that. We were lucky that the production let us have the cars and we spent like a couple of days recording them all. The problem was is that actually some of the cars don't sound that great, don't sound that cool. They don't sound... And also, to be honest with you, each car is an amalgam of many cars. So, for example... That first chase sequence with the red Subaru, we re-recorded that very same Subaru. And I know nothing about cars, Dave. I know where to put my gas. I have electric now, but I, I, you know, I know nothing about cars. But it's got like it's what they what they call a dump valve. So every time you change gear, it's going, which sounds kind of cool. I'm sure in a Fast and Furious movie, but when you're trying to syncopate to music, it completely you. So we actually didn't use that Subaru WRX at all. We used an amalgam of four different cars. So at any one time, you're hearing different angles from different cars. Right. And then in the same way that, say, when we did Scott Pilgrim, each fight scene, which was with a different Evil X, we wanted to sound different. We wanted each car chase to sound different, not just because of the car that we're using, but kind of like stylistically. So that first car chase sequence, which is like the perfect car chase sequence, everything goes according to plan. He gets away. There are no hitches. It's all kind of like cool. Like every, we added loads of kind of, we designed loads of whooshes on all the car paths and everything is pitched to work perfectly with the music. The next one, which is like they're in a Yukon, which is when this guy starts shooting at them and it all goes wrong. Yeah. Then we start detuning the sounds a bit so they don't sound so perfectly pitched with the music and we don't do the whooshes so much. So each car chase sequence within the movie has a different style about it depending on how well or not well it's going for baby so again we play that from his perspective or his perceived perspective so each car is never just i wish it was as simple as just going going to record the particular car and saying okay we've got we've spent two days recording it and now all these sounds work for it it just never works like that so each car is an amalgam of a different cars and then b different elements i mean it's it's almost like with with foley when you're doing foley work on something quite often if it's i don't know dropping a pencil on the table dropping a pencil on the table might not sound like you want it to sound when it's recorded <laughs> so that's totally that in fact that is actually an an analogy i use quite often when i'm explaining to someone because And that's the tricky thing with sound because how you perceive the perfect pencil down sound and how I perceive it are possibly two different things. And if you're my doctor, I need to switch in to what your perception is because my job is to, is not to battle with the director. I mean, sometimes, and this isn't the case with Edgar, but sometimes with the director, they want to be led to how sound should be because maybe they're inexperienced, which is fine. But quite often, a director has quite a specific idea of what they're after. Yeah. And so, like I say, it's my job to try and tune in to what you, for the director, thinks the perfect pencil down sound is and then give it to him. Because if I don't, then we're heading for possibly chopped waters. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. quite. So, I mean, slightly moving on from Baby Driver, the other thing you've done recently is Jumanji as well. Yeah. Which I, is... I I'm I'm about two hours away from finishing Jumanji and, and not seeing it again for quite some time. Yes. <laughs> 
Wow. Uh, it's great. It's like, it, it's the first movie I've done for a while that I can show my kids, which is great. Yes. And it's, again, each movie has its own set of kind of interesting problems to figure out. And with this one, it's about trying to create a world that doesn't exist and every animal in Jumanji is 50% bigger than they are in reality. So all the animals are based in reality. So there are hippos and rhinos and all those kind of things and elephants. Yeah. They're always 50% bigger than how they are in the real world. So it's trying to give trying to give them their own unique sound. Right. So, I mean, it's not just a case of making them louder. You're sort of having to no, mix no. animals together, I guess, I guess, for that. So, yeah. And also there's a sequence with albino. They say albino here. Rhinos chasing after them in a helicopter that can't lift up. So it's kind of going along the ground. The sound of rhinos screaming whilst they're chasing after you just doesn't exist. It, it just yeah. doesn't. So you have to start that from the ground up. You have to create that from the ground up. So again, as a sound designer, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking kind of sometimes recording my voice and pitching it down for a element of it and then taking walrus sounds and slowing those down. And, you know, I got inspired to do what I do when I was like, seven or eight or nine and watched kind of Ben Burt doing that thing with the spanner on the telegraph wires where he came up with the laser sounds, the pew pew. Right, yes, yeah. I didn't know at the time, but certainly that had a massive impact on me. So what I always think about that when I'm trying to bring stuff to life and trying to make it sound unique and trying to make something out of nothing. I'm not yeah. always successful. <laughs> it doesn't come necessarily, but um, yeah, that's kind of my role. It's trying to, it's trying to give something a unique slant a unique acoustic slant yes yeah i am quite looking forward to seeing juanji i uh, i think it's going to be an interesting take on the uh, on the film after the robin williams one so yeah well you know what we've done like loads of previews and it keeps scoring really high and i think it's just a really fun movie and, and i probably would say that anyway but it but it but it is i mean it's it's like it's a great you know because you've got jack jack black and you've got kevin hart and you've got yeah. uh, rock and like between those three, it's just like a really good comedy with great action. So yeah, yeah. Like I say, uh, hopefully, I get. I'm, I'm going to take my kids on Christmas Day, so oh, wow. uh, I get to show them something that I've done because I. I certainly can't show them Baby Driver. <laughs> yes, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. So a um, couple of final questions for you, which sure. we always ask guests that come on. So the first one is, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? I have just finished watching Handmaid's Tale. Great show. Which was great. And I've also just finished season three of Fargo. I actually oh. don't, I, I don't think I watch a lot of TV. I mean, by the time I get home, yeah. I put the kids I'm like I'm kind of just a surf couch dude yeah but you know like sit there on my iPad and, and look at ridiculously boring kind of stuff on Safari but I, those are the two things that I've got into and like all of the Fargos are amazing yeah and to be honest with you they, they also sound you know like from me from my perspective I know that the, the guys that do these things have like 20% of the time that I'm given I'm spoiled and I have months and months and months and they yeah. don't they're great TV, not only because they're great pieces of kind of drama, but like technically, I just think they're amazing as well also. Yeah, yeah. Last question. If you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present or future, which show would it be? Oh, well, I'm going to go for two answers. Go on. Or, or an answer and a half. Certainly, I would love to work on a sci-fi TV show. Right just because I think they're really cool. I, one doesn't come to mind right now, but I'd love to do a kind of like a sci-fi show. But the one that I wish I'd have worked on, which I was too young, just because I grew up on it, well, I'd say the A-Team. 
<laughs> yeah. You know awesome. what I mean? Just like, as a kid on a Saturday evening watching the A team and then going in and talking to at school about it, about how, yet again, no one was blown up. Everyone was blown up and no one died and talking about B.A. Baracus and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I used to love the A team. So, or something, you know, similar like Airwolf or the A team or, you know, I'm sure, yeah, exactly. You know, oh, God, yeah, Knight Rider, something like that. So, something from the 80s that like meant a lot to me like yeah. was like a big part of my life yeah and then like uh, you know as a genre something sci-fi <laughs> something sci-fi does that answer it does that yeah, answer yeah. your question yeah that, answer, that answers it yes yeah. see you can mix them both up and go for an 80s sci-fi like auto man <laughs> auto man with his little friend cursor yeah yeah, yeah. see that that would work yeah they ever oh, revive well, that? <laughs> that's right. And I remember about the same time as that. There was that one, which I'm sure I'm sure they're all terrible now. If you look at them, Manimal. Yes, Manimal. <laughs> Classic yeah. TV show. Yeah, it only ran yeah. for like eight episodes. You know, Manimal. I too. know. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know what? I was never into sports. Like I'm trying to get my boys into sports, and they're not really into it. And I'm trying to push them, and but I can't because I never was. And yeah. You can tell. The fact that I can quote, like you, things like Manimal and bloody <laughs> Auto Man, all that kind of stuff, means I wasn't playing out, playing yeah. s- uh, playing football where one of my, many of my mates were. I was just stuck inside watching the box. Yes, yeah. I was very much the same. <laughs> yeah. Or the adventure game, perhaps. Yes, yes. Now, there's a show you should bring back. So uh... Doogie Rev. Doogie Rev. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for for coming on and spending a bit of time great speaking with you and i may be potentially doing quite a cool movie next year i'm waiting to find out so uh, you know hopefully we can talk again that'd be great nice to meet you and take care lovely to talk to you too see ya all right dude cheers mate Bye. Bye. so that was the interview with julian slater baby driver is out now on uh disc so you can get it on there yeah you can get it on amazon you can get it on uh, the sky box office as well if you want to go and get it from there but it's a really really good film if you want to go and uh, see it i would totally recommend it it's fantastic next up we got some highlights for the next few weeks on tv highlights for the next few weeks on tv because we're off so i thought i'd do highlights sort of running up over the christmas period we're not going to do the christmas specials and that sort of stuff if you want any of that go to geektown.co.uk forward slash christmas and there's a big list of all the christmas specials on there so uh, all the one-off programs and that sort of stuff that's coming on over christmas go and check that out other stuff that you should keep an eye out for though travelers season two starts on the 26th of december quite a good show to sit down and digest your turkey to uh, so um, if you did you see Traveller season one no no I didn't put that on your Netflix list because that okay. is a really really solid show well worth going to see kind of time travelling e-series stars Eric McCormack who's about to show up in Will and Grace as well this I thought was absolutely brilliant so I'm really looking forward to the second season of that Simpsons is back for its 29th season on Sky One that's on the 29th of December that's coming at 8pm uh, oh. I, I can't believe there's 29 seasons of that. That's it's crazy, isn't it? It is ridiculous. That means there are 25-year-old people who... I mean, this predates you, I imagine. This definitely predates me, yeah, 100%. That's crazy. So uh, you've never known a world without The Simpsons. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, that's nuts. But yes, 29th of December for that 29th season. 
There's a show called Bill Nye Saves the World, season two of that coming on the 29th of December as well. This is Bill Nye the Science Guy, who's better known in America probably than as over here. He's probably best known for appearing on Big Bang Theory in the UK, I would have thought. Bill Nye, really, really entertaining kids' science show, this basically is, uh, or family science show. But uh, well worth watching if you want to kind of teach younger children bits and pieces about science and stuff. I thought that was that was quite good. If you aimed at a sort of tween audience, I think that probably. But uh, but I watched a few episodes of it. It's, it's quite good and sort of interesting and informative. Delicious season two coming to Scarwood on the 29th as well. That's at 9 p.m. This is the uh, drama starring Dawn French, and it, it got something like it was the highest rated drama on Sky One, I think, last year. Wow. So. Um, I didn't see it. I know it's only like three episodes or something. I think it's one of those that I may go back and catch up with, but it it didn't strike me as being my sort of show. Yeah. So I see. I, I I was at a point where I very very nearly watched it. So if there's a second season, I might give it a go. Yeah, I think it's only like three or four episodes. It's not very mm. long, I don't think. So um, so maybe I'll go and kind of catch up over that while things are out over Christmas. Then one of the big ones, Black Mirror season four starts 29th of December on Netflix, which uh, if you've not seen the trailers for this, there's trailers for basically every episode, including the Star Trekky like one, which looks mm. kind of interesting, but uh, I'm so looking forward to this. The last season came out and everyone raved about it. And I, by the time I thought maybe I'll check it out, it was gone. And I was like, oh, maybe, uh, what, and I never got around to it. But now this next season's come out. I've been told such good things. I might, go back and watch have you it. watched any of black mirror uh possibly an earlier scene because the last season was on netflix right yes and i might have watched one before that was was it on maybe on channel four yeah there were a couple of seasons on channel four and a christmas special starring john ham i might have watched channel? one of those i haven't watched anything with john ham but I, th- I think i've seen like one episode of those so maybe i mean i've got to, are they all on netflix they're all on netflix i've got to watch maybe uh, I've got to watch I, see i i missed it when it was on channel four as well but I would say go back and watch this from the start. It It's yeah. a phenomenal, phenomenal anthology series. There's some great ones in there. And okay, they're not all up to the same level, but they're still some of the strongest drama you'll find, I think. So uh, well worth going to watch. Moving into the new year, we've got Blacklist Season 5 coming to Sky 1. Finally, that's on the 2nd of January at 9pm. Basically, this used to come back in sort of October, November, and Sky moved it to January because it had like four breaks in it last year. And I think it got slightly ridiculous. So Sky have tried to take some of the breaks out of it this time around and uh, have moved it into the early into the new year. So it's running behind the US when it starts, but I'm pretty sure it won't be by the time it finishes, given the uh, scheduling gaps on how they run it in the US. So <laughs> then Will and Grace season nine, which I know a lot of people are very excited about. That's coming to Channel 5 on the 5th of January at 10 p.m. So, I mean, uh, 10 years since this has been on. Did you ever see Will and Grace when it was out the first time? No, I know Will and Grace is being the program that was so every every Saturday morning you'd watch Everybody Loves Raymond Channel 4 yeah. Frasier Channel 4 then Will and Grace was on and I had to go out at that point <laughs> so I've never watched it but I've always been very aware where it sits in right. the sort of American sitcom it is a funny show it was a very very funny show lots of I mean traditional standard sitcom in that sort of Friends Frasier kind of realm well, Big Bang even that's you know traditional American US sitcom but a very well put together one so uh, yeah I very much looking forward to that coming back because I used to quite enjoy that show. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency season two of that coming on the 5th of January as well.
well. I've got to go back and finish the first season of that. It's another one that I need to go and catch up with. Mm. MacGyver season two of that coming to Sky One on the 7th of January at 8pm. This was actually quite good again, but it was another one that kind of lost me while I was, uh. you know, I, there was other things on and I just didn't get back to it. So uh, I will try and go back to that. But they've actually got all three of those CBS shows are running in a set. So you've got 7th of January at 8pm MacGyver, 7th of January 9pm Hawaii Five O, and NCIS Los Angeles season nine of that is 7th of January at 10pm. So uh, yeah, it's a good three hours gone there. Yeah. And they do sometimes cross them over to each other. MacGyver's oh. popped up in Hawaii Five O, Hawaii Five O, and NCIS of LA have had crossovers. So, you know, they do mix and match those shows together. So it's quite good that Sky have actually stuck them in a little block and they're running them all at the same time. Hawaii Five O, of course, this is the first time with uh, Out Chin Ho and uh, the other cast member that left and I can't names are escaping me right now <laughs> getting to the end of the show uh, so, <laughs> so yeah but, he's turned off with the, the turkeys in the oven yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah so this is going to be the first season with a kind of slightly altered cast because of uh, the other cast members leaving so we're interested to see how that goes good that they're running in a, in a group and I will try and catch up with MacGyver at some point I think that's everything we have for this week and the next couple of weeks as we're off for Christmas unless you've got anything else you want to add in no I suppose uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Star Wars. Yes, Merry Christmas, Happy Star Wars. Come onto the site, let you know what you think. The site is still going to be updated throughout the Christmas period. Probably won't be posting as much because there won't be as much news around. But uh, as we get things, we'll update certainly the air date list and uh, there may be the odd news story going out on the front page as well. If you want to keep up to date with everything, keep on coming to geektown.co.uk throughout the week. There are a lot of things already on there about return dates for shows and that sort of thing. And that's going to get constantly updated throughout the Christmas period. Geektown.co.uk for that. If you want to get in touch on the podcast, you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on this website post. Find us at geektown.co.uk on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That's everything. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we will see you in 2018. Bye bye. Bye, guys. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.